Jesus is alive. Let us share our rejoicing. Please join me in a prayer with your response in the bulletin. <clears throat> o Christ, in your resurrection, the heavens and the earth rejoice. Alleluia. By your resurrection, you broke open the gates of hell and destroyed sin and death. Keep us victorious over sin. By your resurrection, you raise the dead and brought us from death to life. Guide us in the way of eternal life. By your resurrection, you confounded your guards and executioners and filled the disciples with joy. Give us joy in your service. By your resurrection, you proclaimed good news to the women and apostles and brought salvation to the whole world. God of mercy, we no longer look for Jesus among the dead, for he is alive and has become the Lord of life. From the waters of death, you raise us with him and renew your gift of life within us. Increase in our minds and hearts the risen life we share with Christ and help us to grow as your people towards the fullness of eternal life with you through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. So let us rejoice. We are alive through the resurrection of Jesus. We've been given new life. We who hope in the Lord are assured of renewed strength and a strong walk. So hallelujah, Christ is risen. now, especially on this day, let us affirm our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, it may be a little difficult today to circulate around and greet one another, but at least th those around you wish them a happy Easter and wave to those you see. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, Easter. Happy Easter. What a great day today is. We're glad that you're with us, whether you are 
a longtime member of Church of the Palms or perhaps here for the first time, we hope that you will feel welcome as we gather together to worship the risen Savior and to rejoice in the good news that life is for eternal and we are thankful that we can be together to do that. We hope that uh, you will uh, fill out the friendship paths. We would love to know that you're here and, uh, and uh, look to those names and faces that are close to you so that you may welcome them again and invite them out for a little time of uh, refreshment underneath the tree as we uh, continue in our celebration this morning, which began very early. We were out at the beach this morning at 6.30 for our first service and we had uh, likely well over a thousand people there worshiping along the shores of the Gulf of Mexico, a beautiful setting in which we got to see the sunrise. A little late, but it, it came up finally eventually and we <laughs> celebrated the good news on the beach and we were glad that we could be together there and glad that we can be together here. We, uh, we certainly welcome you into our life. If you are a visitor with us uh, this morning, we would love to learn more about you and how you might want to be a part of our life here at Church of the Palms. And if so, please uh, let us know on that pad or perhaps call the church office and lots of information in your bulletin that can uh, help you find out where you might be uh, connected into our life here at Church of the Palms. It is Easter. We think of new life and new beginnings. We have new classes that begin with uh, with our adult spiritual formation opportunities and we invite you to look into the bulletin and find those. They begin this Wednesday and then next Sunday as well. So uh, we would love to have you uh, join us for that as we continue in our effort to grow more and more like Jesus Christ. We received last week an offering for uh, a very special uh, Lenten focus, which is the Jesus film that we're hoping to have translated into a language, a heart language of a group of people in Africa. And uh, we are grateful to be able to report that we are nearly halfway to our goal of uh, $50,000. And uh, so we have a long ways to go and we would love if you have not yet had a chance to participate in that, to include that in your offering this morning and perhaps send it to the church office as we uh, aim toward uh, the completion of that film so that the gospel can be heard by those who have not yet heard it in their own language. We have a congregational meeting next week uh, here in the sanctuary just after the first service to elect our, our new shepherding deacons. We have over 150 shepherding deacons who have responded to the call to be shepherding the flock of Church of the Palms and to connecting uh, the flock with uh, all of what is happening here. So we would love to hear from you if perhaps you'd like to learn more about that uh, or if you have yet to uh, respond to our invitation to be uh, a shepherding deacon. We uh, continue our prayers for the family of Francis Bomberger and Philip Schmidt, both of whom passed away this past week. So keep their families in your prayers. And we now continue our worship.
Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks on this day for raising Jesus from the dead and for turning darkness into light. We thank you for your steadfast love, which endures forever. God of power and might, we thank you that even now Jesus lives and reigns with you. We thank you for this gift of grace, death defeated and evil banished. The realm of the new Jerusalem and new heaven and earth begun. Thanks for your goodness in this great day of Easter victory. We ask that you will hear and bless our resurrection joy this day. O God, bless this church community in which we gather as your resurrection people, we pray. Enable us and equip us to compelling witnesses to your love and grace to all the world, we pray. Send us out to share the good news and the goodness of the gospel in Sarasota and beyond to the ends of the world you love, we pray. Merciful God, we lift up those who are not well for your healing touch. We remember those who grieve and those who are lonely and those who are in crisis in their soul or heart or mind. We pray for your blessings upon those who serve in mission fields and those who are in harm's ways. We pray for your mercy of safe travel for all those who travel during this Easter season. We bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ who rise and give us a new life and who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus is risen and our lives are renewed, and we get a new beginning. With that great joy, let us worship God through our giving of offering and tithes.
Let us pray. Great and merciful God, you bless us each day beyond our comprehension. This day, in this moment, we bring our gratitude in giving. We bring them to you in the name of our risen Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. We'd like to invite all the kids to come down. Any kids up to fifth grade, if you would like to come down. Emerson, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. I know they're everywhere scattered. Hi, guys. Oh, my gosh. Natalie, how are you? And we are going to have our children's moment, and then we will go upstairs and have kids worship together. So if you have kids and you're visiting, they will be up in 205 if they want to come with us, and we're going to rock it out like we know how to do best. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Hello, hello. It is so great to see you guys. Beautiful dresses. Look at all the pinks and the reds. I love it. Excellent. And orange even. Wow, very cool. Do you know that Easter is the happiest, most celebrated day for Christians all over the world? And it has nothing to do with chocolate bunnies. And it has nothing to do with plastic eggs, even though that stuff is all really, really fun. It's because that Jesus did exactly what he was supposed to do, just what his father told him to do, which was to die on the cross, which he did, to be put into a cold, dark tomb, which he did. But three days later, God raised him from the dead so that we could live forever to infinity and beyond. Who says that? Who says that? Buzz Lightyear, right, that we could live forever and ever. But you know what I was thinking about this week? I was thinking, what in the world do eggs have to do with Easter? But we all use eggs to celebrate. Did anyone decorate Easter eggs? Anyone dye them this year? This is not a lost art, is it? We did, and I've got teenagers. Did anyone go on an Easter egg hunt? Because we had a great hunt here at the church. Very cool. Well, you know what? When I think about those eggs like that, I sometimes think about an omelet. I sometimes think about Easter egg hunts, but I don't think about Jesus being born and raised up from the dead. And then I started thinking about, you know an egg is sometimes like a cold, dark tomb? Yet out of that cold, dark tomb comes a chicken because that's how God designed it. Every chicken has to come out of an egg. New life came out of the cold, dark tomb. So I want you to remember one thing today, just one thing. Think you got it? The one thing, whenever you see an egg, if it's in your kitchen or if it's a plastic egg like that, I want you to remember that God gives new life out of what seems to be dead and gone but it's brand new life, and it seems impossible, but it's not. Yeah. So, don't think I don't know how to rock on Easter. So, so when we go up to kids' worship, after we do our worship, we have a special surprise for all of you. So, let's... <laughs> and for all of you, <laughs> all right, let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son so that we could live forever, to infinity and beyond, forever and ever. Amen. All right, guys, let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
be seated. I feel like I'm the luckiest man in the world because I get to work with incredible people every day. This staff at Church of the Palms is a remarkable group of people and Easter Sunday kind of gives them the opportunity to show them at their best and uh, we are just so blessed here at this church to be led by such wonderful, wonderful people, whether it's in music ministry or children's ministry, youth ministry, our missions all across the world, we're just so grateful. And so I hope that uh, you make a point to let them know how grateful you are for all the many ways that they serve Jesus Christ in our midst. I am so grateful for Easter because Easter gives me the comfort to know that for Gator fans, they'll at least have one thing to celebrate today. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. <laughs> Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Hear the word of God. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb, and the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We thank you for that first preacher, for that first sermon, delivered by a startled woman who said, the Lord is risen. We rejoice that that message has come to us through the ages, that we can be gathered here today to rejoice in the same way she rejoiced. Bless us as we wonder what this message is to mean for our lives, O Lord, for we ask it in Christ's name, amen. 
In first century Israel, the practice of burial was a two-stage process. When a person died, their body was placed in a tomb or a sealed cave, much like we read about how Jesus was buried. Jesus was buried in a sealed tomb. But the problem was there were a limited number of tombs and caves in the first century. As, as the population grew in Jerusalem, they were soon running out of spaces to bury people. There were only a certain amount of caves that could be used for burial, kind of like running out of room in a cemetery. So there came a need to reuse these burial tombs, one of the first evidences of recycling. So the practice became that a year after burial, a year after burial, once the body had turned to bones, the tomb was entered again and the bones were gathered and placed in a burial box called an ossuary. Box about two and a half feet long, foot and a quarter wide and a foot and a half high. This ossuary or burial box was then placed inside a niche inside the burial cave along with many other similar boxes, usually from the same family. Archaeologists over the last couple hundred years have been discovering many of these first century burial boxes. If you were to visit the Israel Museum in Jerusalem, you would see there the ossuary of Caiaphas, the chief priest who presided over the trial of Jesus. Well, close to a dozen years ago, another one of these burial boxes was discovered in Israel that dates to 63 AD, and it contained an inscript in Aramaic the inscription, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. It was for a while held to be the burial box of James, the brother of Jesus of Nazareth. Well, questions got raised after that as to the veracity of the claim and possible forgery and investigations followed. Trials were held, the most recent this past year. And at the end of the day, still no verdict has been reached about this burial box of James, the brother of Jesus. Most scholars doubt that it truly was the burial box of James, yet still some hold out for the possibility that it is. But all this, of course, prompts an obvious question. A question that usually pops up in some journal, popular journal or otherwise at this time of the year. And the question is this, what would happen if tomorrow in some archeological dig in and around Jerusalem, they came upon an ossuary with an inscription that read, Jesus, son of Joseph, brother of James. That is to say, what if they had found the burial box of Jesus? You don't need a burial box for a man who's been raised after three days. You only need one for a man who's been dead for a year. What would it matter to you if they had conclusively found the box of Jesus' bones? Now your internal response right now to that question may already be telling you something. The proposition that Jesus did not walk out of the tomb, what does it do to you? What does it create within you? Maybe as you hear that, you have within you a feeling of disquiet. Maybe it's a sense of despair thinking about the fact that Jesus had not been raised. Or maybe on the other hand, maybe for you it's a shrug of the shoulders, uh, it's indifference. Maybe for you, you haven't given it much thought, nor will you after you leave this place today. Does it matter, this story of Jesus outside the tomb, in the garden, speaking to Mary? Well, I'm guessing with all these lilies and throngs of people and instruments and Easter outfits and brunch plans, I'm guessing this story has to mean something. In fact, to read the New Testament and to read the last two centuries of the history of Western civilization, it seems this story matters a great deal. Permit me then to suggest this day that this story of the empty tomb and the appearance of Jesus and the recognition of Mary, why it matters more than anything in your life. It matters more than your deepest worry. It matters more than your biggest plan. It matters more than what is going on in your 401k. 
It matters more than what is happening in your business. It matters more than what is going on in world affairs. The resurrection of Jesus is at the very heart of our existence. Now, the reason the resurrection of Jesus is at the heart of our very existence is because it is the answer to a question that every one of us is going to ask. Perhaps some of us have already asked it. And the question is this, what really is the meaning and purpose of life? What really is the meaning and purpose of life? What does it really matter that I've lived? What will happen to me when my heart stops beating? What will be the moral to the story once I have been buried? Because, you know, life on this earth is very short, very short. With every passing day, life gets shorter. And there is something I think we all want to know. We all want to know to what end are we playing? Every one of us is playing to an end. Every script that's written is written with the end in mind. And, and I don't know about you, but, but I want to know what, what end I'm playing to. Some are playing to the end of the week. Everybody's working for the weekend, the old song goes. Is that the end you're playing to? Some are playing to the end of the quarter, the fiscal quarter. Got to get my numbers up for the end of the quarter. Others are playing to the end of the year, you know, saying to themselves, well, I hope this year is better than last year, so we have a big party at the end of the year. Some are playing to the end of their careers. It's all about what they've got in their 401k. Others are playing to the end of their health. They're, they're doing all they can to, to hold on to their health as long as they can. And still others are playing, playing just to the end of their breath. They, have, they hope to have plans up to their dying day. Everyone has an end in mind. It's important to know, isn't it, what end you're playing to. So wind the clock back to the first century, and the predominant view of life in the first century was that it all ended at the grave. Think of that. You, you are living in a culture that has no reason to believe that, that lives went any further past the grave. Every funeral was an ending. No talk of a better place, no talk of seeing each other again, no talk of the peace which passes all understanding, none of that. The grave was the end. The best end you could play to, the best end, was to your last breath. Because a year later, they were collecting your bones then a woman named Mary decides one morning to take a walk through a cemetery, a place where everybody is supposed to have met their end. But then all of a sudden there's an empty tomb. And then all of a sudden there's a dead man walking, empty tomb, dead man walking. Put the two together and you have to begin wondering. And then she hears a name. She hears her name. She hears the name Mary and she sees that it's a dead man walking, calling her name. She sees it's, it's Jesus. She sees it's the good shepherd who knows all his sheep by, by name and he's called her name. And when he sees the empty tomb and the dead man walking, calling her name, now all of a sudden she sees that this cemetery is no longer the place of endings. Now there's, an, there's a whole other end to play to. Now she says there's a heaven. Now there's a better place. Now there's a peace which passes understanding. Now there is a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Now there is an end that doesn't have an ending. And before you know it, there is this group of people who start playing their life to a different ending. Now there's this group of people who see that their days on earth are but a prelude. Now there is this group of people who are starting to put their eggs, all of their eggs, into one basket. They're playing for heaven now. The business on earth 
is now the business of heaven. They're betting the farm, and they're betting on heaven, and they start doing these marvelously, wonderfully courageous acts of love, giving no thought to the danger or the risk. Why? Because they're playing to a different ending. They're playing for heaven. They, that is the basket they're putting their eggs into. So what basket are you putting your eggs into? What in heaven's name is your life all about? To what end are you playing? Because, you know, I'm wondering if your life and mine isn't a little bit like a horse race. You've turned on the TV, I'm sure, and have watched from time to time a horse race, maybe like the Kentucky Derby. And what you see are these horses, you know, and these beautiful horses, and they are, as a preliminary to the race, they are paraded around the track. And up until this point, their lives have been trained for this very moment. They have submitted themselves to the hand of a trainer. They have circled that track hundreds and thousands of times to condition and to prepare. And now comes the moment when they must be put in the gate. But you know, horses, they don't like the gate. They resist the gate. They even back away from the gate. But it is to the gate they must go. It is for the gate that they have been trained. For when they come to the gate and they enter the gate and the door is closed behind them, it is often then that they hear the bell and the front gate is open and they're off and they're off and out of the gate and they are doing what they have been bred and trained to do. They are off and running. And I wonder if that isn't a little bit of what the resurrection is about, that, that when death comes for us, it's like entering the gate. And if we played it right, all our life really has been a training for the gate. And the gate, of course, is death. And we resist death. We back away from death. We kick at death because we think that death's the end. But it's not the end. It's when we finally get into the gate and the door closes behind us. It's then and only then that we hear the bell ring and the gate in the front opens and we are off. We're finally off and we're doing the very thing we were created for. What a joy it gives me when I think of those I've loved who have gone before me in death to think of how much I wanted to hold them back, to think of how much I wanted them to, to stay longer, how much I wanted to hold them back from the gate, maybe even how much they wanted to be held back from the gate, but to think that in Jesus Christ what I would have held them back from, I would have held them back from the bell. Do you remember that last scene in the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia? It's a book called The Last Battle, and at the end, all the faithful characters of all the stories have died, and now they're no longer in Narnia. They are gathered in this other place with Aslan, the great lion, but they're not really sure what's happened, and Aslan explains to them that they've died, and he explains it this way. He says, the school term is over and the holidays have begun. The dream is ended and now this is the morning. And then Lewis writes, as he spoke, as Aslan spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion, but the things that began to happen after that were so great and so beautiful, I cannot write them because for them, for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever and ever, in which each chapter is better than the one before. Friends, on this Easter Sunday, I suspect we have all kinds of baskets into which we place our eggs. There may be all sorts of ends to which we're living our lives, but today, the story is a dead man has come to life. His name 
is Jesus, and he calls out a name, and the name he calls out is yours because he knows all his sheep by name. And he says to each of us, I have a new ending for you, one that never ends. With all that you're doing, with all that you have ever done, all of that is just the cover and title page. The real story is yet to start. Oh, what we might do, what we might be, if we really knew, if we really believed that our earthly journey is just the title page. Oh, who we might be and what we might do if we understood that our journey is to the gate and that once we get to the gate, all there's left is to hear the bell. Following the benediction, I invite you to remain where you are standing for the Hallelujah Chorus, which will be led by the choir and which we invite you to sing along with. The words are in your bulletin. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore, world without end and life without end. Amen.
Oh, you're back. 